Smart people can do impressive things. Want to know the most impressive thing smart people do? Fix stuff until they break it. High-performing people tend to try and fix their mistakes and themselves by going over and above the goofs they made until they've punished and exhausted themselves into doing even worse. Does that sound familiar? Then listen on, because Dr. Kashi has a solution that will help you take steps toward making mistakes your most powerful performance enhancer. Roll the intro! Good morning, everybody. Good morning. My microphone was out of the way. Hopefully y'all can hear me. And welcome to today's episode of Where Is My Microphone? of <sighs> Coffee with Cashy, and I am your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy. Today's topic is a fun one. Dr. Cashy's fix, overcompensating when you goof, overcompensating when you goof. I was talking to Miss Cashy the other day, Mrs. Cashy, as it were, and my grandmother became a topic of conversation, as she does sometimes. Uh, Star is her name, pretty name. And some of my fondest memories are laid out in a coma after one of her famous home-cooked meals. I think some of us have grandmas that have meals like that, right? <laughs> uh, almost stereotypical, I think. Funny how we're all taught, even on accident, that, you know, to reach for food and drink and other vices when we associate them unwittingly with positive experiences, right? Think of grandma and nice meals. Uh, in any case, my grandmother would frequently say something as the family was laid out with their pants unbuttoned after a four-course meal of classic American comfort food. See again what I did there, how deeply ingrained in culture that is. Anyway, she would say, jokingly, of course, I'm never eating again. I'm never eating again. It's one of my fondest memories of my grandmother. Uh, still is and it, it just it cracks me up every time it cracked me up when I was a small child and it cracks me up now Now I'm proud to say my grandma cracks me up <laughs> Okay, and as I said that to mrs. Cashy, you know, we were talking about it, it immediately reminded me of something and that's what we're discussing today So everyone thank grandma star for her amazing gut-busting meals. All right <laughs> here it is Here's here's the rub and now all I think of is barbecue, right? Here's the rub. High-performing people are the masters of overcompensating for their mistakes. Can you see why I'm never eating again? Made me think of that. <laughs> high-performing people are the masters of overcompensating for their mistakes. And the biggest mistake smart, high-performing people make when dealing with their mistakes is trying to outsmart the system. When, ironically enough, you develop your own system. Which means, by default, you're trying to outsmart yourself. But that's none of my business. Actually, it is my business. I'm making it my business because I love you. <laughs> Much like when people are rebellious and they want to stick it to the man, right? Well, in most cases, in adulthood, that man, quotes, is you. And sticking it to the man means sticking it to yourself. If you fail to outsmart yourself, well, then you lose. If you succeed in outsmarting yourself, well, then you lose. The most common way I see high performers make up for their goofs, big and small, is by compensating. Compensating. 
versus overcompensating. Okay, compensatory measures when making up for a goof, they make perfect sense. They make perfect sense on paper, and a lot of the times they make perfect sense when you act on them. Okay, I, I was off of my daily word count by 500 words today. I can tack on a few extra hundred words the next couple of days to make up for that. Miss my workout? All right, I'll just take that hour and then add an extra 10 minutes to the next six workouts. Forget to finish a homework assignment or some other assignment I was supposed to do? All right, I can just wake up a bit earlier tomorrow to make sure it gets done. Did I eat a little bit of too much food at lunch? Okay, maybe I can tone back or skip out on the afternoon snack. I can go all day here, you get the idea, right? These are reasonable compensatory measures. Reasonable compensatory measures. Like raising my desk height, reasonable compensatory measure. <laughs> so let's talk a bit about that. We've put some energy into discussing being too hard on yourself. We just spoke about that recently. And this is a subset of behaviors associated with that type of, of cognitive response. Like when you think about, when you, when you make a goof and then you treat yourself in a way that's kind of out of proportion of the goof you made, uh, this has more to do with the contextually relevant urges that come as a result of the negative talk. For instance, I ate too much, therefore I'm going to be removing X amount of food for later. So the contextually relevant, right? Uh, a, a skipped workout could mean three extra workouts to make up for it. <laughs> Being sick, something you can hardly control in the grand scheme of things might put you behind enough at work that you refuse to talk to anyone or do anything until you've done twice as much work as you missed. A meal or two off plan sometimes means the urge to stop eating for the whole next day, maybe even throwing all your food in the house away. At least that's the thought process, right? Whether or not you follow through with it is a different conversation, I think. You still feel compelled to be overly restrictive with yourself and to really make up for that mistake by going over and above the mistake you made. That's what I mean by overcompensating, okay? It's a disproportionate increase or decrease in behavior to offset in your mind the gravity of the goof that you had made. <laughs> Okay, you still feel compelled to be overly restrictive or overly active as it were. And that causes you to focus even more on the mistake that you made, making yourself even more anxious. And then after all of that, throw your hands up anyway. The making up for it part is like a punishment, right? Eye for an eye is one thing, uh, but eye for a leg and an arm and an eye and, uh, you know, and, and, and that's punishment. That's punishment, that's different. Um, that is the opposite of being equitable. <laughs> and this punishment is impossible to make good on. It just, it further sets you up to fail and it generates more anxiety and aggression towards yourself leading to disinhibition, which is a fancy science word for blowing out or blowing up, okay? In other words, the harder you try to compensate, the harder you end up rebounding. That's pretty measurable phenomenon, Mon. So I've come up with some sort of solution, solution hierarchy, all right? So the first thing is first, when you make a mistake, you have that ugly conversation in your head, right? That micro conversation has a strong impact on how you feel and what you do, right? If you make a goof and say, I'm dumb, I don't deserve anything, well, that's pretty extreme and will justify the urge to do certain things, okay? The stronger the feeling, the greater your impulse becomes. And for that reason, having an immediate and verbalized response to the goof your goof, the goof response is critical to curtail yourself from bubbling over, okay? So there's three steps involved with this. One is to recognize you goofed, that's okay. Pretending that, you know, the goofitude is, is 
is out, is out somewhere, like pretending that like everything is okay, that's ugly in its own right, okay? Ignoring stuff works about as good as overreacting to it. Uh, two, recognize that it's okay to be mad at yourself for goofing and that it's good because that means you want to do something about it. I think that's a sense of duty and you can harness that. And three, it is, however, much easier to go into punish mode. Remind yourself that when you do something because you goofed, it's best that you do something that rewards taking steps towards mastery. This is way different than, than punishing yourself for breaking the rules is different than rewarding yourself for getting better. All the steps you take should be toward mastery, toward mastery, toward mastery. Burn that into your brain, toward mastery. A response to that ugly thinking that compels you to escalate might be something like this. So if you goofed, right, overcompensating for honest mistakes leaves me too exhausted and broken to learn from them. And this is something that I have a lot of my clients internalize and I work on it every day. It's a lifetime pursuit, mind you. So this is something that consistently, like high performers in particular, need to put a lot of mental energy in because they constantly want to make up for their mistakes 10 times more compared to the mistake they, they think they made or that they made. Overcompensating for honest mistakes leaves me too exhausted and broken to learn from them. If you're too busy punishing yourself for your screw up, it makes it impossible to learn from it and therefore putting you in the position from keeping it from happening again. <laughs> so you just set yourself up to have it happen again, among other things, but that's the most obvious one. So I'll say it one more time. Overcompensating for honest mistakes leaves me too exhausted and broken to learn from them, okay? Think about it like dog training. I always like to go back to dog training. The perfect example of operationalized operant conditioning, if a dog is only punished for what the dog does wrong, then it will never know how to be right as I'm sure you've experienced in some, some degree in your own life, uh, there are an infinite number of ways to do things wrong. An infinite number of ways to do things wrong, especially compared to the rather discrete short list of ways to do, it, to do things correctly, okay? To overcome roadblocks and achieve. There's a very, like, relatively speaking, there is an infinite number of ways to screw up and a finite number of ways to do well and succeed in context, right? Okay. So the most straightforward approach is to make a list of things you can do when you goof. When, a lot of people say ifs, it's a when, okay? The most straightforward approach again is to make a list of things to do or a list of things you can do when you goof. And I made an example of one here. I'm going to list it out in a second. And if you want to get the most out of this, then I suggest you change the language to something that resonates with you. Or when you work with me, I can help you do that. I can help you do that, okay? So here's your template, right? If I do a small goof, then I move on as normal. <laughs> small goofs, be normal, act normal, okay? Because small goofs are small goofs, whatever. If I do a, a regular moderate-sized goof, well then move what was allocated for later today to now. For instance, if I ate a little bit too much, maybe on purpose, well, then I can take a little, you know, I can, I, can re, I, can, I can dismantle the west wall to rebuild the east wall, so to speak, a little bit, okay? If you do a big goof, a super epic major goof, well, then call on your three lifelines, right? Check out the Midnight Triage video where I discuss that. Do a short review here, right? There's three lifelines. I always reference who wants to be a millionaire. It'd be phone a friend 50-50 or ask the audience and phone a friend to be contacting your coach, right? Lay it all out. 50-50, my favorite is walk and or shower, okay? And then ask the audience is essentially, 
a conversation you could have with someone else or you could talk to the trees or the plants or the animals outside? Would you treat a close friend the same way as you're treating yourself right now? You can do all three of these things or you can do one. Uh, or you can do two. The whole point is to, to bring pause to the situation to let you inject some logic, right? Lay it out to your coach, walk and shower. And, you know, again, that's phone a friend 50-50. Ask the audiences, would you treat a close friend the same way you treat yourself right now? And lastly, for super duper epic goofs, super duper epic goofs, again, would you treat a close friend the same way? You can, you can use that for all of them, but that's really the monstrous one that I, I like to like save. I like to save that. Um, <clears throat> and then I like to reference the Night Binge Cure video as well here. Do a physical ritual for a mental reset. And I, I will refer you to that video to, to get more clarity on that. But it's a set of behaviors you go through to signify that this, is, this thing is ending and this thing is starting. So be changing your clothes, taking a shower, right? Integrating a lot of the lifelines, but in a particular order when you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed, okay? So here's some points to remember here. Think back to the previous times you've tried and stumbled to change your ways. Previous times you made some goofs. Did you mentally restrict yourself even more or get even more monobrained for the task ahead? Maybe because if you are mad at yourself, this might be a way to cause a little bit of pain that either you could hide it from other people or if somebody else knew, it would be socially acceptable. Okay, if you goofed up now, well, then maybe the rules you made for yourself are too lenient. It's easy to think that. That's a classic sabotaging thought. Uh, if you punished yourself with even more restriction, then maybe that would just beat the change out of you. Maybe you'd beat it out of you. Do you have another reason? If you, like, those are the top three that I've seen. Uh, if you have another reason, I'd love to hear it because different perspectives give me tons of raw material to create more comprehensive coaching, okay? This is important because when reviewing these reasons, it's the best opportunity to examine the evidence and audit the efficacy. And that's a fancy way of saying, when I look back at the times that I've tried this, how well did it work? That's, that's, the, that's the normal version instead of the pocket protective version, okay? To some degree, because there, there will be evidence supporting overcompensation. There will be, insofar as it probably made sense to you at the time you made the decision. That's for sure. Uh, there may be select instances where the way you perceived it from the outside, you saw it work for somebody else because there's your story, their story, and the truth, right? You might have seen somebody else do this and then assumed it was an, an efficacious method. There may be select instances, by the way, like you remember it, muscling through a difficult time did end up working for you. Never mind the direct and indirect consequences that you've managed to conveniently categorize outside of the story you're telling yourself. So even though maybe you muscled your way through a mistake now, maybe the next time you made a mistake, you definitely made up for it later. <laughs> it came back to haunt you twofold. You know what I'm trying to say? So to some degree, again, so there's, there is some evidence supporting the method. There's also going to be evidence opposing the method, okay? In so far as it probably made sense at the time you decided to do it. And if you took the time to look back when you were level-headed, maybe it seems a little drastic, okay? There may be select instances where the overcompensation worked right then and then resulted in even greater rebound the next time you stumbled and goofed, like I had just mentioned. This is ironic process theory at work, right? The more you restrict something, the more you think about it, and that results in greater rebounds. And that's also covered in the, in the soft science of hard cravings. I think it translates to many other things as well, because you can crave things other than food. You can crave behaviors as well. I think we all have behavioral cravings, <laughs> okay? Uh, 
Maybe it failed out of the gate. Maybe you have direct evidence that that was a, a goofy idea when you did it, okay? Resulting in greater rebound through, through disinhibition almost immediately. Like, well, I tried to restrict. That definitely failed immediately, and I'm worse off than I am now. Sometimes it kicks you in the butt earlier rather than later, and it just creates more guilt as you go, right? <laughs> Maybe when you look back at the other times you were trying to change, add it all up and see that overcompensating for a goof only resulted in what? Maybe it was greater frustration, discouragement. Maybe it was more self-loathing, ultimately pushing you to rebound even harder. Hmm? See the motif in all of these topics? The times it helped you, which there are times where it would have helped you, has helped you. I Keep that in mind. There are times where it probably helped you, okay? But the times that it helped you, is it dwarfed by the amount of times that it hurt you? creating more messes than it cleans up and creating more problems than it solves. Because I will concede that drastic, drastic measures sometimes clean up drastic messes, <laughs> right? And so you have to look at the whole picture systemically. When you add it all up, where do the points, where do the points get allocated here, okay? So to wrap this up, when, you, when you're overcompensating or when you've overcompensated or want to overcompensate because you goofed, how often and how well did that contribute to succeeding in the past? I think it is safe to say that you should draw upon some real life evidence here to determine whether that is a good decision to make, okay? How often and how well did that contribute to your success? What were the costs and what were the benefits, if any, of either? Always weigh it out. I'm always a fan of weighing it out. There's goods and bads, so to speak. In the continuum, there's stuff that leans either direction. So be on the lookout for these micro conversations that compel you to overcompensate. They're always gonna be catastrophic and use words like always <laughs> and never and should and shouldn't, right? Uh, I know we've been over the micro conversations that lead to beating ourselves up, so I totally suggest you look at that video uh, for beating yourself up too much, okay? And this is the part of the story where you create the plan to fix it. Where you, where you create the plan to fix it, uh, and then compel yourself to act on that plan to fix it, to make up for that mistake, even if the way you make up for it is completely disconnected from the mistake itself, right? So are you, are you making up for a goof, which in all intents and purposes is and can be reasonable, as I listed in the beginning, okay? Or are you punishing yourself for being bad? Because those are two very different things. Reasonable value exchange is a good thing. That's good. Take some pause to see if the way you course correct shoots you way off into the next dimension, <laughs> making it impossible to come back. Because if there is one thing smart people are good at doing, it is fixing stuff until it's broken. And that is the end of today's rant, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I love you guys so much. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Kashi? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you. And see you next week. Dr. Cashy is out. <laughs>